I want to read tonight a very familiar passage of Scripture. In fact, I suppose that of all the passages of Scripture that I could read in your hearing tonight, I will probably read the most familiar. It's found in Psalms chapter 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to go back after that first scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the very next phrase I'd like to borrow tonight. He maketh me to lie down. you pray, and I'd like for you to ask the Lord tonight to anoint us for the next little bit. I'd like for the Lord to open our understanding, perhaps. There's so many things that we accept simply by faith that we have no, not the nearest, not even the nearest possibility of understanding, but if the Lord could just simply breathe upon us tonight with just a little spirit of understanding, I would be so very grateful. Eastwood, you know what I want you to pray before I even tell you to. I'd like for you to lift your hands with me, and here's what I'd like for you to pray, that God would anoint the lips of his feeble servant that he would anoint our hearts, melt us together in his presence, and anoint our ears to hear the word of the Lord. Would you do it? Father, we love you tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. We love you tonight. We worship you and we appreciate you with all of our hearts. And I pray that you would anoint the lips of your feeble servant tonight, melt our hearts together in your presence, and anoint our ears to hear the word of the Lord. We ask it in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. We ask it in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. We ask it in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. 
Eastwood, I don't think I have to tell you this because you have been so very responsive and so very kind to me since I have been back trying to take part in these services. But simply, just, just a little hint, don't forget, I might not be able to holler as loud as I would like to, and I might not be able to get around over the platform as briskly as I would like to, but don't let my, don't let my being just a little slow or just a little soft, don't, don't let me have to reach for you tonight, okay? Preach with me, would you? God bless you. Thank you so much. You may be seated. David, in the very second chapter or verse of that chapter that all of us have quoted and read so very many times, I suppose that the 23rd Psalm would probably be the most quoted chapter and the most read chapter and perhaps the most knowledgeable chapter in all of the Word of God. And it was only a few days ago that something stood out to me in this that I had not seen before and how, how commonplace that is in the Word of God for us to read things dozens and dozens of times and then all of a sudden through certain circumstances or in a particular environment or in a particular situation, you find something that you had read many times takes on a total different meaning than that you had ever read into it before. This very familiar, most familiar passage in the Word of God that we all can quote just simply at the mention of 23rd Psalms Anyone in this congregation can start out, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that very next phrase, it never had done to me what it did just a few days ago. He maketh me to lie down. I had found the green pastures and I had stood so often by the still waters. I had cherished the restoreth my soul and I had basked as I traped the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I had cringed but yet trusted so many times through the valley of the shadow of death, and I had gloated over fearing no evil, taken so much comfort in thou art with me, and I had handled the rod and the staff that comfort so many times. And I had just enjoyed the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and I had literally felt the anointing on my head of all 
cup had run over so many times, and I had trusted that surely goodness and mercy would follow me. But I had somehow missed. Understand, I had checked out the green pastures, but I had never noticed he maketh me to lie down. all of us, from the very time that a child is born into this world and is big enough to do anything, after he finally, if he's very brilliant, begins to mutter and to mumble some kind of a gargling, muttering sound, and mom and dad is able to interpret that into mama and dada. Early from that first interpretations of mom and dad to me, mom and dad, one of the first things that child is expected to do is to learn how to walk. Men are not particularly made to lay down. Because lying down is an act of, well, it's, it's an expression that is totally self-beneficial. It's an act of choice. It's something that you are not particularly made to do. Men were made to walk. They were made to run. They were made to work. They were made to serve others. They were made to till the ground. They were made to construct buildings. They were made to saw timber. They were made to labor. Laying down is just something that we don't all look at with a great deal of... Well, it's just something that we understand that we were not made for. In fact, to have to lay down, you almost consider that a weakness. If you get tired after a long day's work and you have to retire, you don't like to lay in front of anybody you want to retreat to the privacy of a room to admit that you are tired that you need to rest and it's in the privacy of a bedroom that you restore yourself in your rest if you are ever before people you want to have the briskness of step you want to have the greatest look of, of being aware and being capable and being strong. You want to put your best foot forward. There's just a little stigma about laying down. And we don't particularly like that. 
Now, if we can do it in privacy, but it's some kind of an admission of weakness almost. It's almost an admission of weariness. It's almost an admission of I'm not quite able, I'm not quite willing, or I'm not quite up to coping. And so it's almost only in privacy that we come to lay down. In fact, I think probably most of you will remember the times when you were a child yourself. Mom and Dad knew so much more than we all did as children because Mom and Dad had lived long enough that they understood that there were such things as rest that were needed and sleep that must be acquired because that was the body's way of replenishing itself and that was the body's way of recouping from its exertion and its loss of energies and that was the body's way of restoring itself and we as children did not understand a lot of times. We just simply did not understand. We thought that everything had just simply suddenly gone wrong when mom and dad knew well that it was our being irritable because of weariness. And mom and dad would lay aside that little particular time of the afternoon, somewhere in the midstream of a long day. Mom and dad would lay that little segment of time away and say, you're going to lay down at this hour. How many of us have kicked and pawed and scratched and we have, we have thrown our little temper tantrums and it was not something that we came adjusted to or became adjusted to. It was a daily affair that they had to convince us all over again that at this hour you are going to lay down for just a little while. But I'm not sleepy, Mama. I'm not sleepy. Daddy, don't make me lay down. You lay down anyway. But why do I have to lay down when, and of course, the very fact that we needed to expressed itself with our little temper tantrums and getting all frustrated and upset. And that only proved to Mom and Dad the more that our irritability needed, caused us to need to lay down. But I'm not sleepy. Well, whether you sleep or not, Mom, I can't go to sleep. I've been here 25 seconds. I can't go to sleep. I've been here five minutes, Mama, and I'm not asleep yet. Well, just go ahead and lay there. But I don't want to lay here, but you are going to lay there anyway. But what good is it doing me, Mama? And finally, again into tears and hardly before the tear was dry on the cheek off into that deep slumber and then upon arising it took so much more when we got totally awake to cause us to be irritable we could cope so much better I don't know tonight whether you're getting what I'm saying or whether you have gone with me in the direction that I'm headed or not, but I want you to understand that God knows us better than we know ourselves. 
And I realize tonight that as far as our, as far as our desires, as far as our, our concerns and our acceptability and our concept of things, this business of laying down is the furthest thing from our wants. It's the furthest thing from our concepts of what we need. It's the furthest thing many times from our ideas of what the will of God is for our lives. We had rather roam the paths of righteousness. We had rather feast on the tables that have been prepared. We had rather feel that anointing oil and we had rather feel the power of all of the other things that the 23rd Psalm has to say. But somewhere in our lives, every once in a while, he maketh me to lie down. He knows better than we know ourselves. And though we pitch our little tantrums and though we say I don't need it, and though we cannot recognize our own irritabilities, and though we do not understand the situations, yet God knows what we need. And at the proper time, He is able to command. David did not say, He invites me to lay down. He did not say and understand. He said, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now green pastures are made to feed in. Green pastures are made to graze in. Green pastures are made to get fed in. But David did not speak one thing of grazing or feeding or getting fed or stuffing or any of that. He said he made me lie down. Mm. Glory. Glory. <laughs> oh, glory. Now you understand that it's a very difficult thing for a sheep to lay down. Conditions have got to be just right for a sheep to lay down. There are four things that have got to be right for a sheep to lay down. And one thing, first of all, a sheep has got to be released from fear. He's got to be totally free from fear. If there is any kind of fear lurking, that sheep is immediately on his feet, prepared because of his helplessness to run for protection. He's got to be free from fear. Number two, a sheep has got to be free from friction of others of their kind. If there's any kind of vying for positions or 
grazing places or if there's, and of course, the study is so very deep when it comes to dealing with sheep and the study of that. But there are those among the sheep who are the older youths that love to assert authority to the younger. And they can be very cruel sometimes in their picking on the others and the weaker ones. But there has got to be the freedom from friction of the others for them to lay down. And it's only when they are free of the tormenting pest, gnats and flies and, and all of these things, well, they've got to be freed from those things to lay down. And they must be free from hunger. These are four requirements. Conditions have got to be just right for a sheep to lay down. It's very seldom that one lays down of his own accord. David said, he made me. He made me. He made me lay down. There are different occasions in our lives, different positions and different things that, of course, we know that the number one cause for lying or laying down is the need for rest. We understand that. We understand that as children to lay down in the middle of a day, and of course, the rest is at nightfall when time was made for us to rest but as children we need to rest sometimes in the middle of the day because of weariness and then there are other situations and reasons why perhaps it would be acceptable for one to lie down and that is sometimes there are tasks that need to be done that you simply cannot get to from a standing position. Some jobs, underneath cars, underneath machinery, there are some situations that cannot be taken care of and some work that cannot be done standing and you must lay down. But then there comes the time when in escaping for your life from that enemy that lurks behind yonder's boulder, the enemy that waits behind the ambush, sometimes simply for the sake of exposing your total self on the battlefield, the safest position is lying down. The more of you that stands, the more target the enemy has. And in the heat of battle, you find a trench, you find a prone position, and it's hard for the enemy to drop a bullet in on you because he can't see you.
are times that you need to be hidden away. I don't know in my own experience and in my own life I cannot tell you that I've got the answer. I cannot tell you that I've gotten it all figured out because I don't. I don't know the extent of it all, but I'll tell you what the Lord has shared with me. I, and let me just give you a little personal experience now for the next few moments, and then I hasten to a close. I don't suppose there's anybody in the world that has enjoyed my labor any more than I have. And I really suppose that the things that happen to me, and of course you know well, a lot of concepts and a lot of rumors of things that have happened, but you know because you have been here and I have been here. It first started off with a six-month episode with my voice. And I thought when that happened, how can I exist? How can I live? How can I go through this? And that was quite a valley. But the Lord said, to some degree, lay down. And it was only while I was lying down that I understood that I had become weary and I did not know that I was weary. I had been engrossed and been so involved in the work of God from coast to coast and here at home and, and doing everything that I knew to do for the cause of God and I guess perhaps I had maybe abused myself and my voice to some degree and, and uh, I thought it was going to be just a temporary thing and then it would all be over. But uh, somehow the Lord, though I did not understand and though I shed tears of my little temper tantrums, I didn't get angry with the Lord, but you understand. In my, in my immaturity, I guess, I didn't understand about it all and, and uh, I, I didn't want to question, but yet I couldn't understand why, why, why. Why? You, 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 you're, you're making me lay down right in the heat of the day when I need to be doing something else and I'm, I'm stuck here laying down. And then right on the heels of that when I had finally gotten myself to where I felt like I could use my voice again and lo and behold the very first engagement that I accepted somewhere else then I was unable to go because of a blood clot in my leg. And he maketh me to lie down. And just about the time that I was feeling fit and fancy over a tenure of rest and Recuperation from a blood clot. Preached one youth camp, went to one singing, and here I was in the throes of pain again. And he said again, Go lie down.
not know the extent of it all. And I can't tell you that I have all the answers. But I tell you what I do know. I know that through it all, my soul has been restored. I can testify to that. And I'll tell you something else I know. While I was lying down, there were times when gnats and flies tried their best to swarm me. To hinder my rest. But the most comforting thing for a sheep when they're laying down is to be able to feel or to hear the presence of the shepherd. When the gnats and the flies come to disturb my rest, I felt the shepherd. I'll be honest with you when I tell you that while I was lying down, I heard some bears of doubt growling at the edge of camp. I heard some lines of frustration roaring. But I promise you, when I heard the roaring and the growling, within moments, I heard the footsteps of my shepherd. <laughs> and I want to tell you also that I heard some guns a-firing. And I heard the howls and the wails of the enemy with their swords and their spears and their daggers. And I even heard some bullets whizzing overhead. And the enemy said, they're made for you, son. I've been reminded so many times of the story that I heard from those boys that were training for battle in Vietnam, one of the saddest things I'd ever heard. They say that in training for the heat of combat, that those boys in training have an episode or a, or a particular uh, ordeal they go through that they have to crawl on their stomach and only 18 inches over their backs, 18 inches from the ground, are the fiery tracer bullets 
The boys, they fire a tracer bullet ever so often so the boys can see to keep their head to stay down. But under that fire, they have to crawl from one point to another point and weave their way through a maze of barbed wire while doing it. I heard the story one time of this young soldier, just an 18-year-old boy, if I make no mistake. It was only in training. It was not the real thing. It was just a simulated situation, but yet real bullets were being fired. And that boy was so tense, and he was so very, so very frightened and so fearful that trying to get from this point to the other point beneath the fire of those bullets, his nerves totally gave way on him. He couldn't control himself any longer. He jumped to his feet in the midst of the fire. And the last thing they heard him say as he fell from the bullet wound, sound of the bugles. I heard the sound of the enemy gunfire. I heard the sound of it all. But I heard the steps of my shepherd. I felt his canopy as it was folded over me. Tonight, I can truthfully say, and I have only been able to say these things because of empathy and because of faith that I knew it would work. But tonight I tell you from a different vantage point, he made me lie down. In green pastures, and he led me by still waters, but he restored my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't become so sure that you'll never need a tenure to lie down, that you would be all out of sorts or lose out with God if he were to see you needed to lie down. Because probably somewhere between your starting and your finish, 
somewhere you will no doubt have that little tenure and the chance that he'll point to you and say, go lay down. It's immediately repulsive. But if you'll notice, David said it was after I laid down and being carried by the book, the next was, he restored my soul. And so, the consensus of it all, Jesus, you know what You know what I mean to talk in tongues. You know what I need to feast at a table. You know what I need to dance in the spirit. And you know what I need to rub the eyes. You know what I need to walk the path of righteousness. And you know what I need to feel the anointing oil on my head. You know it all. But you also know when to tell me. Lie down. You know when my soul needs restoration. Would you stand? Would you close your eyes? I think perhaps you have heard the story so many very so very many times of the orator who stood before the congregation, the masses of people in that great Colosseum that night. The orator with his silver tongue and his expression that was so beautiful to the ear started out on the chapter that I have preached in your hearing tonight. And with the eloquence that was almost unequaled with human tongue, he began the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. And so eloquently and so beautifully, he made his way with his silver tongue down the trails of that beautiful psalm. When he was finished with that discourse, the crowd, they put their hands together in an applause and they clapped and they clapped and they clapped and they clapped. The place roared with approval, with hands being clapped. The expression, the whistles, they loved what they heard. When he was finished and the crowd and their applause had died out, he said, is there an old preacher, is there someone in the building that could come and quote that chapter behind me? And there was an aged old gentleman with gray hair, 
filling his head, eased down the steps of the Colosseum, bleachers to the floor where the platform was. The orator gave him the microphone and he began with broken, hoarse voice, stumbling words with not quite such a perfected tone. broke in tears could not only be detected in the eye but in the voice. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. When he got through, there was not a great applause. In fact, they didn't even lift their hands to put them together. All that could be heard was the sniffs, the sobs throughout the Colosseum. took the microphone once again and said, ladies and gentlemen, you now have heard the difference between someone who knows the 23rd Psalm and someone who knows the shepherd. say the Lord is my shepherd, then you, you can say I will fear no evil. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when you can say the Lord is my shepherd, you can understand, though he say, lay down. Oh, yeah. When you can know that the Lord is your shepherd, you just simply understand that there are times when you need to be restored. There are times when you need your head anointed. There are times when you walk the trails of righteousness. There are times when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yet fearing no evil, for thou art with me. You know what I'd like tonight? I'd like for everybody in this building, you know no doubt how to quote the 23rd Psalm. But I wish you would leave here tonight acquainted with a shot. Oh, yeah. That would make so much difference in your life if you could just leave here knowing the shepherd. I wonder tonight in this building how many of you would say, I don't know him quite like I want to. I don't know him as closely and as intimately as I would like to. If he were to tell me to lay down, I don't know whether I could understand or not. If he were to lead me by paths that I didn't understand, I may not be able to follow. 
If he led me through the valley of the shadow of death, I might lose my faith. Brother, please let me know the shepherd a little better. Would there be anyone tonight that would slip out from where you are and slip down the aisle admitting I need to know the shepherd instead of just the 23rd Psalm? I want to know the shepherd. I want to know the shepherd. I want to know the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. God bless you. 